This is Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. Podcasting since 2008, this is the show where we're broadcasting disability stories from an insider's perspective, and we are giving a voice to people with special needs. This is your weekly guide to find and joy, acceptance, and inclusion. I shudder thinking how the world can be so Coming up on the Special Chronicles show, episode 386, we are talking all about Special Olympics Research Siblings Edition uh, with our guest Olivia uh, and, uh, from the uh, uh, from the uh, Social Connectiveness Fellow with the Samuel Center for Social Connectiveness and Ben uh, fellow Special Olympics athlete Lido from Australia and board member with Special Olympics International. And we are excited. Uh, a quick um, programming note you can support Special Chronicles, our pod- um, this podcast, and all podcasts like it on specialchronicles.com. Uh, and and give now at specialchronicles.com slash give. You can help us and uh, you can also text give to 833-953-2598. Um, but you, you can help us reach our $12,000 goal by November 2020 uh, 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 to con- continue to give respect and voice to those of us with special needs. And you can uh, give now at specialchronicles.com slash give. And excited to... Welcome, um, please uh, put your hands together as we wel- as, as we welcome uh, our panelists, Olivia, um, Ben, and Cameo by Megan. Welcome, welcome back to Special Chronicles, Ben and Megan, and welcome to Special Chronicles show, Olivia. Thank you so much, Daniel. So uh, we um, it's um, we originally talked about this uh, doing this podcast episode a couple, I think, but maybe about what two months ago. Um, And so now, um, after finally you guys completing your research, uh, and uh, now we're able to finally share with. our audience at Special Chronicles and our community at Special Olympics are all about this uh, fantastic research that you guys, this inclusive research that you guys uh, have been doing. Um, But first, why don't you introduce yourself to any new listeners uh, to to our listeners. So we'll go, let's see, should we go around the table and uh who do you well the virtual table <laughs> um we'll go with um let's start with olivia uh at first awesome so uh, my name is olivia um, i'm a social connectedness fellow with the samuel center for social connectedness which means that i've been working on research partnered with special olympics specifically on the sibling research Um, Before I worked on the fellowship, I graduated from the University of Toronto, um, and I was involved in research there, and and I'm hoping to continue conducting more research with with SLI and 
and in my career. So thanks for this opportunity, Daniel. Awesome. And we'll go to um, our other panelist, um, Ben. Uh, yeah. Hi, everyone. Um, my name is Ben Hack. Um, as D- Daniel was introduced, I'm a ath- fellow athlete leader from Australia. And um, yeah, I'm really looking forward to discussing our great work that we have done in the uh, research in regards to siblings and families and um, their relationships and how our work impacts them in a very positive way. Awesome. And Megan? Hi, everyone. My name is Megan. I'm a senior manager on the Global Youth Engagement Team at Special Olympics International Headquarters in Washington, D.C., um, I'm also a sibling of a Special Olympics athlete and grew up doing unified sports. Um, and I'm currently the lead on our sibling engagement work um, at Special Olympics that we do in partnership with the Samuel uh, Family Foundation and the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness. Awesome. And Megan, I, I might have to update your uh, title in the description of this episode, um, but we can it's do that. Since the last time I was on this podcast, yeah, I think the last time we were talking about in in um, the Unified Champion Schools. Uh-huh. So yeah, yeah. awesome. Um, so let's let's now move move on um, uh, before we let you go on with the rest of your day, Megan. Um, give us an overview of uh, Special Olympics's um, sibling engagement initiative. Uh, and uh, the uh, partnership with the Samuel Family Foundation, Samuel Center for Social Connectedness, and the fellowship program uh, with Special Olympics. Sure. Um, so I'll start out uh, by talking about the um, the work that we do um, engaging siblings and why we have uh, felt that it's a very important part of what we do at Special Olympics. Um, So we know at Special Olympics, without sibling engagement and without leadership of siblings of people with intellectual disabilities, there really is no Special Olympics movement. Um, So Eunice Kennedy Shriver herself um, was a sibling of someone with ID, and that's really what helped motivate and inspire her to start the Special Olympics movement because she both saw all of the stigma and the injustice that her sister faced um, trying to find a place in the community. And then also Eunice had grown up doing sport and playing with her sister who had intellectual disabilities. And she knew that through sport, um, she could find equality and community and inclusion. Um, So that's really from our founding, um, sibling relationships have been so important. Um, And we knew that siblings currently in all different ways can be connectors between three really important groups to the Special Olympics movement. The first obviously being our athletes, um, but then also their families um, who provide a very important support network for athletes. Um, And then also siblings can be great connectors, um, especially at the youth age to other youths who aren't involved in Special Olympics and who don't have a family member um, and who might not have a lot of opportunities to um, join in with their peers who have intellectual disabilities. So that's actually something I experienced firsthand. My, my best friend in high school 
was my sister's first unified cycling partner. And part of that was because I was able to be that connector to bring her into Special Olympics and say, like, this is what my family does. I think you would really enjoy it. Do you want to get involved? And siblings can be that extending invitation hand. Um, and then can get involved. We see it uh, in all different ways, um, not just staff like me. Siblings are involved as unified partners, as volunteers, um, as program staff at different levels, down to the local level, um, in addition to being great fans in the stands and cheering on um, their siblings for Special Olympics athletes. So in partnership with the um, Samuel Family Foundation, who have been incredible partners um, of Special Olympics for a very long time um, and great members of the Special Olympics family, Um, We started this project about three years ago, and uh, it's really focused on being more proactive in the ways that we reach out to and support um, siblings of people with intellectual disabilities um, and invite them into our programming. Um, We've developed resources um, that you can find online, um, and I can send the link for the show notes. will uh, give siblings an overview of all the different opportunities to get involved in Special Olympics and why it can be beneficial for them as an opportunity to develop their leadership skills, um, to find other friends and a a really accepting and inclusive community as well. Um, And then we also have provided um, some different resources around um, social emotional challenges that siblings might face and feelings of of isolation as well. Um, And then we also provide um, innovation grants to siblings. So if siblings have an idea of a project that they want to do in their school or in their community, um, we're able to give them small amounts of funding to help them make that project a reality and and drive more inclusion wherever they are. Um, And then the um, other aspects, we've also been able to do some sibling workshops and bringing siblings together so they can meet other people that are like them and receive some more training and things like unified leadership as well, Um, really gaining more skills that way so they can go out and be advocates for inclusion. Um, And then finally, which is a a great segue to what you're going to talk to um, Olivia and Ben about, is um, our research aspect. So we've done some focus groups um, with siblings in different regions of the world to learn more about their experiences. Um, Because while there is some research about um, the experiences of siblings of people with disabilities in the United States and in parts of Europe and parts of Australia, there's not as much globally. So we've been able to have some focus groups in places like Africa and Latin America and the Asia Pacific region to learn more about um, their experiences growing up, some of the the positive experiences they've had, some of the challenges they've faced and what they say their support needs are. Um, And then I guess I'll conclude by, by kind of leading in and talking about how how the fellowship um, that Olivia has done in her work with Ben this summer yeah. um, can feed into that. So I've got a uh, quick, I, quick question. Sorry. I've got a quick mm-hmm. question. So you said that, that uh, you, uh, you guys give grants to, to siblings in schools and c- communities. 
with everything going on with the global pandemic and COVID-19 and with um, a lot of the, like I, I know at least our program in Illinois here is cut back with a lot of our fundraising events and I'm sure the same thing with you guys over at the international office as well. Is are you guys still able to give grants and support um, siblings even during this global pandemic? Yeah, that's a great question. Um, and I think that uh, one of the, the advantages of doing this sibling work is that um, it has prepared us to be able to also support athletes and families during this time when siblings might be spending a lot of time together um, if people are on lockdown at home. So we have still been able to um, give grants and um, support siblings. We see a lot of sibling activity happening right now, actually, because so many siblings are at home. So there have been some that have done like different virtual fitness projects. Um, we've had a number of places, um, two that come to mind are India and Argentina have both done virtual sibling workshops um, where they've been able to bring people together on a Zoom call. So um, siblings from different parts of the country coming together on a Zoom call and sharing what they're doing with their siblings with ID at home to stay fit and to do different activities together um, while they're uh, in this time of, of physical distancing where they might not be out in the community, but has been a time where we see that having siblings being involved in Special Olympics is more important than ever. Um, so we are still able to give out some smaller grants and find ways to kind of adapt our programming to a more virtual and more home-based environment. Awesome. So do you want to now go back to what you were about to <laughs> transition to the to this episode? Sure. Yeah. So um, Olivia is, I think, our fifth social connectedness fellow that we've had at Special Olympics International Headquarters over the years. Um, so we hosted our first in 2017. Um, so the social connectedness fellowship program has been a great um, addition to our partnership with um, the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness. Um, and so these fellows have been with us um, for summers and what they they do as Olivia said is they'll work on a research project um, and that we'll talk about from our from headquarters we'll look at what different needs we have and what different things might be interesting to work with a fellow on um, and this year uh, coming out of some of the work we've been doing with siblings um, another big hole in the research that we see on siblings and sibling relationships um, as it relates to people with intellectual disabilities is not a lot of people ask the sibling with intellectual disabilities about their experience in the relationship. Um, and so we thought this would be a really awesome opportunity to do a project that's um structured in a way that we want to do more of with our research at Special Olympics, which is have it be an inclusive research project where you have a researcher with ID and a researcher without ID working together to refine the research question, come up with what the survey is going to have and have that process be really inclusive and really unified. 
um, and also focus it on the perspectives of Special Olympics athletes and their experiences with their siblings. Um, so I will turn it over to them now to uh, talk about how that came about. Um, but also want to say that it's been an incredible experience um, working with Aliyah and Ben. We're really grateful um, that we have this partnership with the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness and we're able to every summer explore how our work fits in with this broader topic of how do we build more connected communities and more connected families and helping people to find that sense of belonging um, and connection with other people. Awesome. So awesome. Awesome. Well, I'm going, we're going to, uh, that was a good transition. We're going to go ahead and take a short uh, um, sponsor break. And uh, when we come back, we will um, um, tra- tra- transition over to um, Ben and Olivia talking all about uh, inclusive research uh, conversation as it relates to Special Olympics and this project. So that's coming up uh, right after the break. So don't go away. You're listening to the Special Chronicles show. Uh, this episode is produced in partnership with Special Olympics. Uh, and so we'll be right back right here on SpecialChronicles.com. Hi, my name is Lisa Noble, and I'm a Combat Energy Force Ambassador and an athlete with Special Olympics Illinois. Hi, my name is Daniel Spakowski, and I also am a Comrade Energy Force Ambassador and founder of a company called Special Chronicles. The Comrade Energy Force program is a program that hires people with disabilities to teach the public how to save energy and money. It's the country's first energy efficiency program of its kind. Saving energy is especially important while everyone is at home due to COVID-19. We're using more electricity than ever before. Just think about how many more times you are opening the refrigerator door these days. And while the economy is stressed, it's more critical than ever to save money where we can. Following these tips can save energy and money in this time of COVID-19. Wash your clothes in cold water and use the dryer sparingly. Your dryer can take up to seven times more energy than the washroom. Turn off and unplug any electrical devices or power strips you are not using. Electrical devices can continue to zap power even when turned off if they're still plugged in. We call them vampire devices. Use LED bulbs. They use 25% less energy than incandescent bulbs and last up to 25 times longer, saving you lots of money over time. Keep your refrigerator between 35 and 38 degrees. And be sure to use energy style appliances. And last but not least, check out comment.com slash home savings for more tips and rebates. Lisa and I would like to thank you for taking the time to listen to us today. Remember, we are all in this together. Stay healthy. And stay safe. Bye. A quick programming note. You can uh, learn more at specialchronicles.com slash comed. That's specialchronicles.com slash comed. And uh, we've got an original podcast series where you can, it's a five-powered podcast series that you can learn more about comed. And uh, 
they owe they owe not only pawing uh, lives, but they're pawing uh, us to keep this uh, keep the lights and uh, all this technology plugged in, so you can heal us. Uh, it's uh, though actually pawing uh, all all protections and lives. So thanks to Carmen. Uh So. We you are listening to the, the Special Chronicles show. Our panelists on this episode are Ben and Olivia. Um, uh, ben, fellow athlete leaders from Special Olympics, Australia, and Olivia is from the uh, Social Connectedness Fellow with. Oh, I should say Olivia is the Social Connectedness <laughs> Fellow with the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness. Uh, welcome back to the Special Chronicles show, and um, that was a good in- introduction from Megan um, in, in the previous segment, uh, and um, it's a good transition, and um, really, Ben, you're going to take the lead with as we have a conversation about inclusive research as it relates to Special Olympics and this project. Uh, yeah, thanks, Daniel. Um, yeah, so, I mean, yeah, one of the uh, things that I know Megan already has talked about and it's quite a prevalent thing is that there's very little there's very little inclusive research that's done um, in regards to people with uh, intellectual disabilities or quite often people with disabilities um, you know uh, which I really feel is something that does definitely need to be addressed and something that it's kind of a, a real lag in terms of getting really good results um, when it comes to doing research projects about this cohort. I mean, I could give a few examples. Like, um, I know, like, in my country, you know, one time on my national board, we had someone from the government who did a presentation about physical literacy, you know, about the mm-hmm. rates of physical literacy standards in Australia. And um, at the end of it, we asked, um, what about people with disabilities? And this individual said that the government felt that people with disabilities had the same standards. And we just simply asked what research had they done? And they said they had done nothing. They just assumed that we were the same. Um, so that's that can happen at times, um, I mean, if you look at, say, siblings, for example, I know, again, in my country, quite often siblings of people with disabilities are usually lumped into the carers' um, funding bracket, so they just assume that they should be carers. Um, so the only way they can get support is if they become a carer, but there's very little adequate support to support them through their childhood and some of the challenges that go on, let alone the fact that um, you're missing out on an entire cohort in their conversation around how this impacts their lives because they're not directly asking people with disabilities or making the necessary adjustments or whatever to ensure that they can um, adequ- adequately uh, talk about the challenges they have, therefore, to get the right sort of results. So that's that's a big challenge um, that is quite prevalent in mm. this sort of work, unfortunately, and the impacts, I'm sure, are quite significant. Um, so, um, 
in terms of our stuff, I think we, we've only just kind of started the conversation around inclusive research. Um, I mean, for example, in uh, siblings, I know there's probably quite a few things we could look to expand on in terms of, you know, we could look at the, uh, I mean, we could look at the uh, probably um, different demographics, probably trying to make sure that we uh, reach more countries in terms of what um, people that we're talking to. Um, I think those are things that would be really helpful. I think there are probably different aspects that we could look at in terms of, like, um, you know, how does unified um, impact the relationship? How does um, sport impact the uh, relationship? What are the benefits? I think we sh we could also do some analysis of what it's like for people who aren't involved in Special Olympics because as one of the things Olivia will talk about is that quite a lot of the athlete leaders and their siblings have felt that they've really gained a lot of support and a lot of help through Special Olympics, which may not be the case if they're not involved, which I think could then definitely help us to promote what we do and the benefits that that brings. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, let's let, let's now move um, into um, Olivia. Is there anything that you want to add? Yeah, I think I really want to emphasize, and maybe we can have a bit of a conversation about this. That um, one of the major things that we noticed going into this research project is that um, the little research that is conducted on ID typically only includes the perspectives of people without ID. So Megan mentioned this as well. So they might ask siblings, but not the sibling with ID, or they might ask the parents, teachers, medical experts. But, you know, I think we just want to point out that the perspectives of people with ID are notably, noticeably missing in the research that, that is conducted about them. Um, so what we tried to do with this research project on siblings is that we wanted to uh, conduct an inclusive research project that involved people with intellectual disabilities through the entire research project. So from, you know, developing those initial research questions all the way to communicating our results. So Ben has been a big part of that. He's been, he's been on board throughout this whole research process and has been providing that perspective um, that a lot of other studies are missing, the perspective of the community with ID, right? Yeah. So, what do you? So, um, what are the ages of like um, that 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 we might not be looking at when it comes to siblings with ID uh, and even siblings without ID? Um, but because there's a lack of talking to people with ID uh, in that sibling relationship, but what's the ages that you guys have talked to doing this research and that we can continue to, like, is, is, is there more young siblings, more mm. people that are Ben and, and my and your age, like the, like all eight, I'm, I'm assuming that we're all probably in our thirties. Um, like adults. Yeah. Uh, adults. Yeah. So like, what's the, what's the, age typically the age we we looked at was more um probably young like past the age of 18 um i think was probably more or, or around that sort of age 
we didn't really look at um, real young siblings. And again, um, this is only kind of a what we hope to be kind of a start. As I said earlier, there's a whole mm. lot of potential other aspects we could look at um, in terms of that. Um, but yeah, that was pretty much where we kind of started because that would be probably an age where um, the siblings would be mature enough to be able to express it and it was just a good landing point to start the, uh, the work. Right, and, and we surveyed athlete leaders So um, for this study, athlete leaders with siblings, so that meant that we were surveying adults, so people above yeah. 18 years old. But, of course, there's there's room for research on, on younger siblings as well. Yeah. And, you know, and we the, definitely encourage Special Olympics to pursue that yeah. as well. And the Young Athletes Program that we know is a big part uh, as well. So as we, as, as Ben, you just said that we can go uh, and even though the fellowship has ended, but hopefully the research will continue. So as we continue the research and I'm sure Olivia, you'll still probably be a part of the research, um, even if it's not with the fellowship. Um, And so as we continue the, the research, what, maybe what are some guidelines or topics that might help younger siblings um, to engage in this inclusive research? Yeah, oh, sorry. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah, I, I think, again, like I think, um, as Megan said, we've got some good, programs already out there Mm -hmm. and I think maybe um, if we just probably just by if we can finding a good ways to have those conversations with those siblings to find out what they would need Mm -hmm. would be a good way to start and also if we're if we've already got them in our programs in say young athletes and all that to find out how that helps them out I think would be good things to kind of gauge what what needs they would have awesome and is there anything like that with with the upcoming world winter games happening in kazan Russia in january 2022 um and last week's episode we had our global ambassador apollo ono on to talk about that but what is there anything like related to maybe we should not to Younger uh, siblings and also adult siblings at at like the upcoming World Games when Wall and Kazan Russia. Yeah, I think that's a great opportunity. I know that um, at the past World Games, like that's been a great opportunity for Special Olympics to conduct research because mm-hmm. so many athletes, young athletes, adult mm-hmm. athletes, are are together in one space. So it's a great way to reach out to lots of different people from all over the world. So I think that's that's a great opportunity for more sibling research as well. Awesome. Uh, is is there anything else that you want to add on this on on this conversation, Olivia? Ben? Uh, well, you know, we put together some tips for yeah. inclusive research. Oh, yeah, that's so good. Maybe we can touch on that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Can we? And did did we cover yet? Um, what the issue with this is, as well as what is inclusive. Um, Yeah. So, so like I said before, 
Um, there's not a lot of research conducted on ID in the first place, but the little research that is conducted on ID often doesn't include people with ID in the research. So what our goal was with this inclusive project was to include people with intellectual disabilities throughout the research process. So we're not just asking people with ID for their perspectives, which we did, we, we surveyed athlete leaders, but we also had people with ID um, like Ben working on the research study with us. Awesome. So, so, um, for is there maybe one one sentence if, if you were like in an elevator and you only had 30 seconds to describe what inclusive research is to somebody how would you describe what what inclusive research ben and I can both give our own yeah ben, what do you think yeah i think that sounds good i think for me it would just be just in involving people with disabilities throughout the whole process and being open to looking at different ways of doing the research to ensure that it includes all types of ability. Mm -hmm. And I think if you have people with disabilities throughout that process, through the whole thing, you should be able to do that. Awesome. Yeah, I totally agree. And then just to add on that, I think inclusive research takes advantage of those knowledge and insights from first-hand experience of people with ID and, and uses that knowledge to inform the research. So I think the best kind of research is, is research that involves the, the community that the research um, pertains to. So, so we, we take advantage of those knowledge and insights when we, when we conduct the research with people with ID. Awesome. And uh, you um, just mentioned just a few moments ago uh, that that we have some uh, tips for inclusive research and maybe we'll try to, if there's a way to, I try not to make the show notes that long, but maybe we'll, um, in addition to the, the podcast, maybe we'll put it out as a, like a blog article um, on, um, actually a lot of the show notes might actually make, maybe we can like on specialchronicles.com, we can maybe put together like all these show notes into a nice little blog Um that uh, if if that's okay with you guys, uh, to, so because because uh, uh, like in, I try to keep the show notes short, and then maybe we we can just um, create a separate blog article on specialchronicles.com on our news blog, um, so people can go there and uh, just um, if you go to specialchronicles.com, click on news, and then you can get access to our news blog, and we'll try to include the these tips as well as more information and links. Um, and, uh, speaking of, of those tips for inclusive research, um, uh, there was about, um, looking down here about five tips. So maybe we can, uh, t um, talk through these, uh, tips for inclusive research. Definitely. And just to touch on what you said before, Daniel, um, we actually created some infographics for, mm. for our results, for our literature review, and then also for our tips. So, you know, if you'd like to share yeah. those infographics, yeah. that'd be a great yeah. resource. Yeah. Can you email those over to me and then we can include those, those infographics will be good to kind of um, include in that, in the blog article as well. Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah. Just to hop onto our tips, Ben, do you wanna do you wanna take the lead and, and walk us through? Yeah, yeah, I can do that. Um, first one is uh, 
make, make sure you involve people with disabilities throughout the process. So that means like, for example, like the scope of the research, maybe even the ideas that you may research on. Um, um, make sure that the mechanisms you use to get the feedback, like surveys and interviews, are accessible. So uh, maybe ask people with disabilities to preview those documents and processes to make sure that they find them easy to read and will will be easy for them to disseminate. I think the positive of that is that could lead to new ways to do research. Um, and also, as we pointed out, you know, tr really try and make sure you you try and gain feedback from the whole cohort of the issue you're talking to. Mm -hmm. um, one of the other things is uh, lower ability, you know, like lower ability people, you know, with communication challenges should still, you know, research should be, there should still be efforts made to include them through that research. So, I mean, I know I, I'm involved in disability, like there are communication tools that those people use. Mm -hmm. So maybe what you could do is talk to some of them about creative ways to do interviews and surveys using that. So, again, that should give you uh, research people a whole other avenue to, to gain understanding. And uh, I also think um, this could then be uh, developed into a training for uh, researchers to uh, understand these things and could be developed into a bit of a module. And I think the final one is um, empowering people with disabilities to seek out and do their own research and be a part of that conversation in that way, I think would be the, the sort of tips that we, we have developed through this process. Awesome. And we should remind all listeners that we... Um We'll, at the end of the episode, we will share um, uh, the links and resources, but also um, in in email that people can um, email the inclusive research team at Special Olympics. Um, any of the uh, if if they want to get involved, um, either independently or in partnership with Special Olympics. So the next tip um, that we have. Um, Olivia, do you want to take the, the next tip? Well, Ben, oh. Ben took us through all of our, Oh, tips. okay. So those are our five tips. Oh, awesome. Um, to include people, um, to train researchers, tangible, practical results, accessible formatting for, for results, and also just like empowering people with disabilities to conduct their own research. Those are our, our five main tips for inclusive research that, that we learned through this whole process. Awesome. That's what I, that's, that's what I, I, I kind of figured, um, uh, about, um, so let, uh, is, is there anything else that you want to add before we take a quick sponsor break and move on to our, our fourth segment? Ben, is there anything you'd like to add? Uh, no, just, um, yeah, as I said, I think, um, I think the positives out of this, like probably, all things with inclusion is that it'll, it'll open up to new opportunities, new skills for, and um, will result in far better uh, outcomes. So that's the final thing I could add to this part. Awesome. 
So you are listening to the Special Chronicles show on specialchronicles.com. When we come back, we'll uh, talk about the uh, athlete sibling relationship research results that you guys have completed, as well as recommendations and um, resource uh, our digital and social media research. Uh, well, resource <laughs> can't talk today. Resource. Uh, um, plugs of how you you can get connected with uh, the inclusive research team at Special Olympics is all coming up right after the break right here on SpecialChronicles.com. This episode is brought to you by the Comrade Energy Force Ambassador Program. The Energy Force is the country's first energy efficiency education program designed for and taught by people with disabilities. Comrade is powering lives and Wadey is powering us here at Special Chronicles. Learn more at specialchronicles.com slash comrade. That's specialchronicles.com slash comrade. We thank Comrade for the general support of Special Chronicles. This episode is brought to you by Comrade. Oh, this episode is brought to you by listeners like you. Please support this podcast at specialchronicles.com/give. That's specialchronicles.com/give. And just a quick note to let you know that we are trying to raise uh, $12,000 by November 2020 to uh, continue producing this podcast and more podcasts like it on specialchronicles.com. So Please go to specialchronicles.com slash give and click the give now button uh, and you can help to support uh, all um, podcasts and digital media uh, productions here on specialchronicles.com. We're not just athletes. We are the ambassadors of an uprising. Peaceful protesters. In a rebellion against anyone who has a fear of difference. 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 Our demands are equality, 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 dignity, 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 and the recognition of our shared humanity. We will not stop or accept anything less. Today, our world is more divided than ever, and coming together has never been more urgent. The revolution is inclusion. Find out more at jointherevolution.org. And we should also recommend that people can sign the inclusion pledge at uh Ben, do you remember that where people can go? Uh is it join the revolution.org? Is that Yep. That's all right? Yeah, that's the one, yep. Okay, cool. Yep. So um uh, as we are back, uh you are listening to the Special Chronicles show. We're talking all about inclusive research uh, and uh, as it relates to siblings and um let me i didn't do that break i probably should have scrolled down on the show notes but now we'll, uh, we'll talk about the athlete sibling relationship research results and recommendations so um olivia i believe you're going to take the lead on this and do you want to share with all listeners um and and viewers as we're live streaming this on Facebook, YouTube, and Twitter. Um, but for well, well, majority of people will probably listen to this the podcast of the of of, the, of this later. But do you want to take a lead and share with us the um, research results and, and re- recommendations when it comes to the athlete sibling relationship? Yeah, absolutely. So um, I'll just introduce our goal for the research project first. Mm-hmm. So. 
We really wanted to address the lack of support and services for siblings of individuals with ID, in addition to the lack of inclusive research, including individuals with ID. So, you know, with that in mind, we had two research questions. We wanted to understand how do Special Olympics athletes experience the sibling relationship? And also what supports and services are needed for siblings with and without ID. So that was our, our goal going into, into the research. And so what we did was we conducted online surveys and interviews with athlete leaders. Um, and the interviews also included athlete leaders and their siblings. So we conducted interviews in sibling pairs. Um, and we conducted our research across four regions. So that included North America, Latin America, Asia Pacific, and Africa. And we conducted the, uh, the survey in three languages. So we uh, conducted in English, French, and Spanish. And um, I can jump into our main results here. Yeah. Uh, we found that overall athlete leaders have strong positive relationships with their siblings and their parents. Um, so, for example, we found that 81% of athlete leaders consider their sibling a good friend. 86% um, of athlete leaders feel as though their sibling accepts them for who they are. Um, we also found that 60% of athlete leaders reported that their siblings are often advocates for inclusion in their community. And, um, you know, I think our most impressive statistic is that 93% of athlete leaders surveyed report that Special Olympics has positively impacted their sibling, sibling relationship. So I think what that demonstrates is that uh, sibling research and sibling programming is, is a great area for more programming and more research um, because uh, of how many athlete leaders have been impacted by sibling relationship or by Special Olympics in their sibling relationships. So that was something that was very exciting for us to see. Awesome. Um, and uh, it, as the, the uh, research project with the partnership has con concluded, um, it, it is, try to read my notes here. Um, uh, yeah. So, so with the research project has con concluded, how can, our listeners and more siblings participate. Um, you said that hopefully we'll, we'll get to talk with siblings um, that are um, um, young athletes, um, probably below the age of 18, um, like in the uh, 1, 2, 5, 10 uh, range, in addition to more adults as well. Um, but uh, as the project is... Um, uh, concluded now. How can how can our listeners uh, still get involved? Well, I think a, a great start is that we're going to be publishing all of our resources um, and information on the Special Olympics website. Um, it'll be on the Special Olympics Sibling Engagement Initiative webpage, which we'll we'll share the link at the end of the podcast. Um, and I think that's a good place to start to get more information. Um, if you have any more questions, um, you can always email siblings at specialolympics.org. Um, if you have any questions about sibling research, any ideas, or you're just interested in getting involved, that's a great place to reach out. Um, that's special, or siblings at specialolympics.org. Um, but 
you know, this definitely isn't the end for sibling research. Uh, the sibling engagement initiative is, is absolutely going strong and there's going to be many more sibling research projects. So, you know, we would love for siblings to reach out and, and to get involved. Awesome. Awesome. I, uh, I think, I think also, um, probably with all of this, um, if people want to get involved, they can, they can join a local special Olympic program. We've got a programs in 193 countries and, you know, hosts over 120,000 competitions. So there are local programs in just about every community around the world that they can join and find a really great inclusive community to belong. Awesome. And for, for people watching the live stream or the replay of the video, I want to make sure I, I put the correct spelling of the email on there. Is that correct? Yep, Olivia? that's perfect. So, yeah, siblingsspecialolympics.org. So for our podcast listeners, you, you can just look in the show notes or look in the description of this episode where, where you listen to the podcast or on specialchronicles.com. Or if you're watching the video, you can, um, it is, it will, it's um, right below us. You see the email, siblingsspecialolympics.org. So um, with with that, is there any recommendations uh, that that you have for this inclusive research? Yeah, so um, a lot of our recommendations were also informed by our interviews. Um, Our interviews just provided like a more, uh, an opportunity to speak more in depth with Special Olympics athlete leaders and their siblings. Um, So through the interviews, we found that um, the majority of challenges that athlete leaders we interviewed face seem to be a result of negative attitudes towards disability in the community. Um, To quote one sibling, they shared that in the community, it's not easy. We're at a point that we don't even care what the community says. If my brother's happy, we're also happy. Um, Another sibling told us that the biggest challenge is the limiting beliefs of all those that do not experience inclusion and how difficult it is to make them see the value of inclusion. Sometimes these barriers are so strong that it's hard to break. So that definitely informed a lot of our recommendations to change community attitudes, and I'll, and I'll get into that. But we also found that athlete leaders and their siblings voiced um, wanting more programming that facilitates sibling connection, education, and collaboration. So um, uh, one of the athlete leaders actually recommended we we conduct sibling support groups where siblings can meet and, and speak and share their experiences. Um, siblings also wanted like network style leadership where they can connect with siblings all over the world, um, which we thought were, were both great ideas. So I'll just run through our recommendations quickly and then we can have a, more of a discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, we suggest that Special Olympics conduct athlete sibling research on a larger scale. Um, this study, we only, we only surveyed athlete leaders and only adults. So I think it would be great to survey a wider uh, community of athletes. Um, we also think that future research projects should be inclusive, like the one that we conducted. Um, we also suggested that Special Olympics establish an international sibling network um, where siblings can connect from all over the world. We also suggested Special Olympics consider launching sibling support groups as suggested by some athlete leaders. Um, and sibling education programs as well, where siblings can learn more about ID. And finally, to just create resources for siblings and people with ID addressing some areas of need. Um, so, for example, siblings might be responsible for some caregiving. So, so 
sending out some caregiving resources, or they may struggle with mental health. So sending out mental health resources, things like that, I think could really benefit siblings um, and also improve the sibling relationship. Awesome. Um, we, we mentioned uh, age a few times in this episode, but in addition to age, um, uh, have you thought, because it's, uh, these are awesome recommendations as you look to recommend having an international sibling network and launching siblings support groups, not just here in the States, but across the entire globe um, and, and, and have um, different resources. But within all of that, in addition to age, you also hope to uh, conduct athlete sibling inclusive inclusive research that that's diverse that reaches out to different different um, uh, uh, races and and sexual orientation and and all the different that makes up like all the different groups that make up diversity when we talk not just about inclusive research but also inclusive research that is also diverse as well. Yeah, absolutely. So did you want yeah. to maybe talk about that a little bit? Yeah, definitely. I mean, I think, um, uh, I think we, we probably like to look at a whole range of things like demographics, age, race, gender, um, maybe even as, as I said earlier, like, um, specific programs and how they impact and maybe even possibly compare it to external or, or look at doing research with people external to kind of see the comparison. Like, for example, there seem to be a lot of positive um, feelings that people that the siblings have had, you know, in terms of they feel like they're good friends and all of that. It'd be interesting to see. You know, and our Special Olympics has made a positive impact. It'd be interesting to measure that with, say, people who aren't necessarily involved in Special Olympics, just to get a gauge on you know, what's out, out there. I suppose that's kind of the things we could look at. Yeah, definitely. Forward. There are a lot of possibilities for more research um, on ID and siblings. So this was just like one small step in that in that direction. Awesome. Well, um, I'm trying to get some panels ready for our last segment, but is, is there any, anything else that you want to add to this, to this recommendations conversation or anything we may have missed when it comes to recommendations? I think I've covered it, but uh, if Ben has anything to add, please go ahead. Uh Probably not so much recommendations. I just think um, I think during times like this right now, I think these sort of things are very important. Um, so I think that's probably that's probably the key thing about this is family and all of that is very important during you know challenging times like we're all experiencing. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Well, speaking of that, we've got about what about fifty five minutes, so um, good time to. Um, web up with our final thoughts and digital and social plugs. Um, and with, with that, um, for the podcast listeners, you can go to check out the video on YouTube, 
Facebook or Twitter to watch the we play. Um, or just look in the show notes on special on um, specialchronicles.com and uh, just look for this episode 386, and you can find the video where we'll put the we'll put all the links in the show in the show notes and in the description as well. Um, but with that, um, uh, we we can um, at, at this time share any digital online resources such such as we mentioned earlier in the episode um, that for the full research article that you guys are putting together that will include the infographics to be posted in um, mid, mid-September, but maybe we can also, um, is it possible to reprint that article as a blog article on specialchronicles.com? Yeah, absolutely. So, so what we've done as a part of this research project is that we've we've um, compiled like a formal report, and then also infographics, and we've written two blog articles as well. So, one that's been posted on the Special Olympics website, so we can absolutely link that as well. Yeah. And yeah, mm-hmm. we'd be happy to have those articles cross-posted on the on the Special Chronicles website, so that viewers can and listeners can can read. Awesome. So, so I, can, I can send those your way as well, Daniel. Awesome. So we'll put that in the um, on the if, if people go to specialchronicles.com and click on the news um, blog tab. I think it, it it might just say news on the top, um, but people can can go there. Um, but do you want to give all listeners and uh, the, the uh, links that people can go? Yeah, so um, Daniel, you can display the link, but for the full research article and infographics, they're going to be posted mid-September, so you can look out for them then. Um, But it'll be on the Social Connectedness website, so for the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness. Um, If you just go under the Fellowship Program tab, it'll be under the 2020 Fellowship Program. And if you look for my name in the Special Olympics Research Project, you'll see all of the resources there. and it sounds like Daniel will also be cross-posting those, so you can also look to the Special Chronicles website um, to check out those resources. Um, in addition, if you want to learn more about the Special Olympics Sibling Engagement Initiative, uh, you can go to specialolympicsglobalyouth.org slash sibling dash engagement, and, and you can find all of the info on, on sibling engagement there. Um, and please do get involved. And with the, with the um, research that you guys all... Um is it also going to be linked on this special Olympics global youth.org slash sibling dash engagement? Yeah. Yeah. So it'll be linked there as well. You can find the infographics, you can find the, our full report. Um, it'll all be on, on the sibling engagement page as well. Awesome. And we'll make sure to also link to all that on the news blog on specialchronicles.com as well. And to remind our listeners again, if they want to, um, email to get in touch with um, this team uh, about this inclusive research project, which the team is, is the team still you, Olivia, Ben, and Megan, or is it? Um, so oh. when, when, when people email, um, who, who, like, like who in the team are they, like, who so, is the email going to be going to? Yeah, exactly. Megan, who was on at the start of our, of the podcast is the sort of lead of the sibling um, uh, email address. So any emails that you send are going to go to Megan. But what she can do is if you're interested in speaking to any one of us, she can pass that email along to us. Um, 
and we can address it as a team. So awesome. Awesome. that email address is, is the one to, uh, to send any questions or comments to. We'll be happy to, to address them. Awesome. So we'll, we'll put that um, email as well. People see it on the screen, but for our podcast listeners, if you look in the show notes on specialchronicles.com or in, in the description, in the description, there's a link to the to this episode page, and you can go and um, uh, see that email siblings at specialolympics.org as well. And we want to remind you, if you want to get in touch with us at Special Chronicles, you can find all of our social media, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, Vimeo. Uh, all of that is linked, all of our social media. You can follow us. Um, on specialchronicles.com at the top. There's all the social media links. So uh, just go there. Go to special, go to specialchronicles.com to um, connect with us on social media. You can also subscribe to our newsletter. And if you subscribe to our newsletter on specialchronicles.com, there should be a little pop-up thing that will pop up. Um, but you can get exclusive access to a video interview that I did with Dave Green, who is the president and CEO of our Special Olympics Illinois um, program. That we'll, we're talking all about the new unified athlete leadership, the new unified leadership approach that we recorded live from Dublin. So <laughs> live from Dublin, Ireland, we recorded that. that um, and, uh, and so that's a... Um, the, it's, the audio is, on, is available as an audio podcast, but the only place to get access to this video is if you subscribe to the newsletter. And so if you subscribe to the newsletter, you'll get exclusive access to that video interview all about unified leadership, uh, which I think this, this probably kind of, this inclusive research kind of also is part of yep. unified leadership. So, yeah, absolutely. and any plugs, um, Ben or... Olivia, that you guys want to give for, um, well, maybe um, Ben, do you, do you, do you want to give the plugs for Special Olympics? And then uh, Olivia, do you want to give the plugs for the um, Samuel Foundation and the social, the social connectiveness? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, Ben, do you want to go first and give plugs for Special Olympics? Yep, so th- there is an email, um, siblings at specialympics.org. So for anyone who wants to know more about the uh, this inclusive project, um, yeah, so I mean, and there will be uh, siblings resources. I know that's one thing we're looking to develop with Special Olympics now is that we're looking to post um, all our resources on the Special Olympic website under resources. So that will be coming very soon for uh, sibling resources. Awesome. So people can go to specialolympics.org and then click on resources. Yep. Awesome. Yeah, and if, if you'd like to learn more about the Samuel Center for Social Connectedness, um, their goal is to work together to overcome social, social isolation and build social connectedness to facilitate the right to belong. Um, you can find their website at www.socialconnectedness.org, um, and you can also follow them on Twitter at sconnectedness. Awesome. So the we'll put the link to socialconnectedness.org, and is their Twitter and social media on their website as well? Yeah, it's all on their website. So. Awesome. So you, you, you can see it on the screen as well, socialconnectedness.org. So once again, our guests, our, um, our guests, our panelists on this episode, uh, 386 of the Special Chronicles show has been 
um, Ben uh, Hack for um, Special Olympics Athlete Lido from Australia, uh, and board member with Special Olympics International, and uh, uh, Olivia from the uh, uh, Social Conductiveness Fellow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that correct. <laughs> Good. Um, and um, with that, we hope you guys will get in touch and um, and email siblings at specialolympics.org and get in touch with the um, uh, research. And we will um, put all, all those links in the show notes on specialchronicles.com uh, in the news blog as well. So thanks for taking the time to come on this episode of the Special Chronicles show and a uh, quick c- couple of programming notes for this show. Uh, the Special Chronicles show, we want to remind you that you can um, coming up in the coming weeks, we'll be uh, talking all about the Southern Illinois Ducky Dash, uh, uh, a little sneak peek episode about that as well as a special truck convoy episode that will a bunch of truckles are going to be actually listed into a special episode, a special podcast episode, 20 minute episode that we'll do in kind of in partnership with our law enforcement torch one. So that's pretty exciting. Um, that we'll have a bunch of truckles that will be <laughs> tuning in to a special episode. Um, and also coming up, I'm trying to do this up top. Oh, wait, hold on. I've got uh, okay. I still have on the top of my head. I've got it written down. So uh, also coming up, we'll be talking about um, part two of our conversation with Dr. Lisa Bassano, the Chief Health Officer of Special Olympics. Um, joining me, we'll we'll uh, talking on um, part two, all things health, with fellow um, SSIGMs. Uh, Hannah from Colorado and Wene from Hawaii, where we'll be on uh, the the three of us will be talking with Dr. Lisa for part two of that conversation, and we'll be getting into a lot of your listener questions and Mo um, talking all things health for part two of that conversation. So that's coming up um, in the end of September, middle of September, end of September. Probably middle end of September, um, and then um, all of October we'll be having our Unified at Work podcast series. You can go to specialchronicles.com/slash Unified at Work and check out that other show that we produce, talking about the Unified Employment between the Special Olympics, the four of us athletes, and um, uh, at United Airlines. So um, that the final episodes, which will be um, that is. Um, the reason why we're doing it in October is because it's National Disability Employment Month, and we'll be that'll be leading up to the one year anniversary of our employment at United Airlines. So we'll have a big kind of season one finale, looking back at one year. So I'm all of that, and we may be there may be a special. We might we might not be in this studio in the Special Chronicles studio for that, but stay tuned. Uh, follow us, um, specialchronicles.com, and you can remember to su- subscribe on specialchronicles.com or we'll, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts so you never miss an episode because new episodes will drop weekly. Uh, and so make sure to go and subscribe. So on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, did I miss one? 
wherever you listen to podcasts, go and subscribe because new episodes will drop weekly. So thanks again. Um, and any final thoughts on your overall time here today on the, the Special Chronicles show? Well, I'd just like to say thank you, Danielle, for giving us the opportunity to, to share this research with, with your audience. It was a great conversation with you. So thanks awesome. again. Awesome. Yeah, any, anytime. Yeah. yeah, thank you, Daniel. Awesome. Yeah. So lo- looking forward to having you, you both on again uh, in the future as we uh, maybe we can even um, on an, another episode, maybe we, we can bring on um, uh, athlete sibling um, pale that um, was involved with the research. Maybe we can to, to kind of heal their story. Yeah, that's a great idea. In the future, I think it'd be awesome to get some athlete sibling pairs on the podcast. And, and yeah, awesome. Yeah, yeah. So maybe yeah. maybe we'll have to uh, continue the series. So you guys um, get in touch with us. You can leave a comment in the comments of this episode, or, or just email uh, feedback at specialchronicles.com. Our uh, email is on listed on specialchronicles.com in the show notes, so you can. Get, get in touch. I I don't think I I, I don't think I, I mentioned that. Um, <laughs> but you can email feedback. You can email your audio or email feedback. This uh, feedback at specialchronicles.com. And so um, go there to get in touch with us. Check out the show notes, links, resources, all that. So thanks for coming on the Special Chronicles show and uh, have a great uh, rest of your day, week, night, whatever time you're listening to us. Uh, could be listening to us anytime. So. <laughs> Uh, thanks again, and until next week, we'll um, we'll be back with another exciting episode of the Special Chronicles show uh, right here on SpecialChronicles.com. So until then, uh, remember, uh, choose to include. We'll see you next week. Until next week, remember, choose to include Special Chronicles, giving respect and a voice to people with special needs. Let me go ahead and start.